podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Luke chapter 18, verse 35 through 43 is where we're going to have a look today. And the question is, what do you want me to do for you? We are nine days, church, into 2022. I can see the excitement is bubbling over. January at the best of times is a tough month, but I feel like we put ourselves through torture in January, and I'll tell you why. I've worked it out. It's taken 22 years. All right, maybe a little bit longer. 36, almost 37. To work out that actually what I tend to do in January is decide to myself that I'm going to make something new happen, yeah? So then what happens is I pile so much more pressure on myself And by day nine, I am physically and emotionally exhausted. Honestly, has anybody fell off the wagon yet from that New Year's resolution? Mine lasted while they're third. Pointless. I gave it a go and it all went wrong. Never mind. Yeah, it just, it is what it is. And we put so much pressure on ourselves in January. But what I've noticed, church, about Hope Church, and I can't quote this for all the others because I don't quite know but what I can see that has happened over the past several months with Hope Church that's you and me by the way that's not the building it's not the chairs it's not the heaters that weren't on this morning we won't hold anybody responsible it's none of that it's it's you and I okay so what I've noticed about the church in the last three four five months even is that there seems to be a renewed resolve that we are able to withstand things that perhaps, pre-pandemic, we may not have. We may not have been in a position to have stood firm, to have stood strong. You know, we've been through moments, and we're still going through moments, that truthfully are once-in-a-generation things. And we're all bored of it. I don't want an amen there, but I know, under your breath. (laughs) We are all bored of the same news, the same story, the same stuff, over and over and over again. Yet, in amongst all the difficulty, that seemed to be something that could take our eye off of the prize, seemed to be something that would shut the church, seemed to be something that would stop the gospel going out. Well, actually... God has used for something far bigger and far greater. In fact, we didn't know that we were able, I guess, I didn't, others that are far more intelligent than I, didn't know that we were even able to broadcast our services, perhaps live or almost live, every week. Didn't even know that was a thing. Yet nevertheless, that's what the Lord did. He enabled us as a church to be able to do that. Listen, as time has passed on and we're now back into our lovely building, well, I was wholly concerned that nobody would come back. Now, don't don't R. (laughs) The reality is that we all found so much to do. 
There's so much to do. So much. I've got so many things, so many lists that I could tick off that I'm thinking, well, if I'm in that frame of mind, everybody's in that frame of mind, nobody's coming back. Yet, if you've noticed, church, today was always going to be a day where we're going to be a little bit quieter. The Lord does that on purpose, so I don't get a big head. But the church has grown. It's grown in number. It's grown spiritually. It's grown into something that, well, pre-pandemic, I don't think would have happened. Yet God has brought about this in the midst of trial, in the midst of the, uh, the, the furnace, if you like, that resolvers come out of it. And church, we are here as testimony to the fact that it doesn't matter what the world throws at us. And sin is prevalent wherever you look. It doesn't matter what the world throws at us. Our God is bigger. Amen. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is able to do the immeasurably more. We don't just read it, we believe it. We testify to the fact, listen, I'm here today because my God is able to do the immeasurably more. He is able to use somebody like me to stand here on a Sunday and to preach to you. I am nobody from nowhere and I was on my way to a Christless eternity, but by the grace of God. God has interjected into my life and said, Matt, here is my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here is salvation. It's available for you. And we as a church then come together to worship our God together. We come together to bring our praise and our adoration to him. And we're standing firm, aren't we, in his word. We're standing firm on that solid rock. And it's easy to drift, isn't it? We've seen that. We've seen that it does not take long for something to come in that we never thought would even be possible. We've never even given a second thought. We know it's easy to drift. We also know it's easier not to stand. We know it's easier to lie down and just say it's all too much. It's easier to do all those things. Yet... Because of the strength that we have in and through our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word tells us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that I'm able to get up, I'm able to stand, I'm able to worship, I'm able to pray, I'm able to read His Word, I'm able to bring my praise and adoration to Him, I'm able this morning to share the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ with you, because He is in control, amen? Because He is in control. And we will not, church, we will not be put off by outside influence. God has his plan. Jesus is building his church and I, for one, want to be part of that. Amen? And I hope you're the same. I want to be part of that church that Jesus is building. Because the word clearly tells me that with or without me, the church is being built. Because the gates of hell aren't going to stand against it. So I want to be part of it. I want to be part of that. And that's the privilege that we have. Listen, there was a guy in the New Testament by the name of Bartimaeus. And he also had strong resolve. We can read about him in Mark and Luke. The NIV tells you that you can read about him in Matthew. But it doesn't take long to work out that Jesus was on his way out of. Whereas when we read Mark and Luke, he was on his way into Jericho. 
So don't get confused. The new translations don't always get it right. But listen, Luke 18, verse 35 through 43. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what is happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, he said this, What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Lord, I want to see. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, how many of them? When all the people saw it, they also praised God. When they saw... This man praising God. When they saw this man receive his sight, they also praised God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we look into your word now, that you would just speak through me. Father, you'd speak through your word, that our hearts and our minds might be open, ready to receive what you've got to say to us. We pray, Lord, that right now, that you will bless us during this time. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So Bartimaeus is doing what he can. Just trying to survive, truthfully. Just trying to get by in a time where there is no health and social care for people like this guy. Blind, presumably from birth. His name sort of gives that away because it can mean son of impurity. Which, if you hold to the, the Jewish traditions and you see through the Jewish traditions, that that, for them, would be a sign or a consequence of sin in that family. So he's not, truthfully, off to the very best start. As the world would see it, he is in a mess. He's not off to a good start. He's now in a position where he is begging on the streets, just trying to survive. Yet it's clear that Bartimaeus, in amongst all the difficulty, in amongst all the, the hardship and the strife, in amongst all of the noise, it's very clear that Bartimaeus was a man who listened. I think listening's a real gift. So often we can hear, I hear what's going off, but to actually listen, to actually take on board what you're hearing, I think is a real gift. And Bartimaeus was a man who had been listening. He'd listened to talk of Jesus. He'd listened to conversations about Jesus. Perhaps, and I speculate, perhaps he'd even heard Jesus speaking before. And now Jesus is in town. And Bartimaeus seizes his opportunity. And we see that in verse 38. That as the crowd were passing by, he says, listen, who, 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 what's going off? Well, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So he calls out to him. He takes his opportunity. He takes his opportunity and he calls out to Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. 
Even though he couldn't see, he knew who Jesus was. Even though he couldn't see, he knew who Jesus was. And he says, son of David, have mercy on me. This is the only uh, time Jesus is publicly addressed with this messianic title. It's divinely showing who he is. The Messiah who will reign on David's throne forever. It's a huge title. But then the first thing that the man does, not only addresses him in the right manner, he also then says, son of David, have mercy on me. Undeserved favour. A trait, as we look in the scriptures, that is only ascribed to God. The God of mercy. This blind man had not just heard a few details. He pieced together the truth. He'd not just heard a few things and, you know, in one ear and out the other. He listened and he pieced together the truth. Jesus, this is the Son of God. This is God in flesh. And he called out to the only one who could help him. He called out to the only one who could help him. And then, of course, naturally, because we live in a world that wants to go in the opposite direction, he said, Matt, they were all following Jesus. There were crowds of people following Jesus. Of course there were. Most of them wanted a free meal. Of course there were people following Jesus. They'd heard about the wonders and the miracles and the signs that he was performing. It's like, I want to see that. I want to hear. Oh, I don't want to listen. <laughs> no. No, I don't want... No. But I want to see it. Yet this man, even though he couldn't see, had heard... And the resistance comes up as he says, Son of David, have mercy on me. And verse 39, those who led the way are like, listen, shh, son of impurity, shh, you're a sinner, mate. Look, you know, you're blind. You just be quiet. Stay over there. And he's like, I'm not having that. I'm not having it. I've sat on this roadside for year upon year. I've gone through heartache and pain. I've, I'm being blamed for something that I could possibly have had nothing to do with. You're telling me I'm a son of impurity. You're putting a label on me. Hang on a minute. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he shouts all the more. You know, if we take nothing else from this morning, be that person who is persistent. Be that person who says, God, I need you. And it feels like everybody's against me and they're all telling me, God's not going to help. He's not going to do what you want him to do. He's not going to work in your favour. You're like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Help me, Lord. Listen, whatever the world throws at us, make no mistake about it. God is in the business of looking after us. God is in the business of caring for people like you and me. God is in the business of bringing salvation to people like us. Amen? Amen. 
So therefore, be bold enough, be brave enough, have enough resolve to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus knew who Jesus was. He knew he was the only way that he was going to get help. And he shouted all the more, do not, church, be put off your pursuit of Jesus. Such a valuable lesson for us right there. Many can stumble and fall by the wayside. And the question is, well, who cut in on you? Well, the reality is the world does every single day. There's so much doom and gloom, so much fear and trepidation to even step into tomorrow. My God's bigger than all of it. Amen? He's bigger than all of it. So we are able to stand firm. We're able to stay focused. And church, we're able to keep our resolve. He is worth our pursuit. He's worth our passion. Get ready for the alliteration. He's worth our persistence because in him, church, we find our purpose. Amen. In him, we find our purpose. Listen, Jesus wants to meet this man. How do you know, man? Well, listen, Jesus, in verse 40, stopped. He'd heard the man. In amongst all this crowd that are saying, listen, mate, shut up. In amongst all of the noise, the hustle and the bustle, Jesus stops. He orders the man be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him the weirdest question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Answer the phone. What do you want me to do for you? What a question. I want to ask you this morning, and answering your own heart, what would you ask for? What would you ask for? Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Maybe in our naivety we could say, look, I just want to, I want to have good health. In our naivety we could say, look, I just want enough money to survive. Almost like Jesus is a, you know, that, uh, that genie in a bottle. That they grant me three wishes. What would you ask him for? Listen, the man's response tells us everything. Because he says this. And in Mark, he says, Rabbi. But in Luke, Luke records for us, he says this. He says, Lord. He says, Lord, I want to see. Now, straight off the bat, before Jesus answers his request for sight, Jesus is absolutely certain where the man's heart is. Why? Well, because he's called him Lord. He's already understood who Jesus is. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's already pieced together the entirety of the word that says God is going to bring about salvation for people like you and me. He's already pieced together that the Messiah is coming. And he's pieced together that Messiah is now stood in front of him. He can't yet see him. And he says, Lord, Lord, I want to see And Jesus says to him, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. You know, Jesus works a miracle in this man's life to give the man sight. But the miracle isn't the vision. The miracle is the salvation. The miracle is the fact that this man who was on his way to a Christless eternity, this man who was separated from God because of the sin in his life, you and I have the same. Don't just think, well, you know, he was blind. I I can see, so I can't possibly be. No. No, 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 no. 
You see, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to realising and recognising who God is, church, the Bible's very clear. We have no idea. We cannot see. The word tells us there's no one good, not even one. And we stand here and we say, Lord, he says to us, what do you want me to do for you? Well, the truth is, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. I want to know. I want to understand. I want to accept what you've done for me. I want to be in a position where I can stand at the foot of the cross and know that my sin, that my failure, that my flaws, it's done, it's dealt with and finished. That my sins have been passed as far as from the east is from the west. They are immeasurably out the way. It's done with. By the grace of God, we have the opportunity as children of God to say, I have been saved, I've been redeemed, completely and utterly set free from the bondage of sin. That's the joy of the gospel. The good news about Jesus Christ, that he is enough. Doesn't matter how far you are on the scale of bad, he is enough. Alistair told us this morning, Romans 3.23, that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But I have an opportunity to accept Christ as Saviour because of what God has done for me through the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to see. His reply is absolutely everything. He knew who Jesus was and he called him Lord, Master, Teacher, Lord of my life. Bartimaeus could already see who Jesus was. He did not need his sight. Such was the overwhelming evidence. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, We live by faith and not by sight. And church, isn't that where our resolve comes from? Because Lord, I do not know what tomorrow looks like. If it's anything like yesterday, But I live by faith, not by sight. And the word tells me that my God's already there. The word tells me that there's nothing outside of his control. The world tells me that if this shell should perish, well, me, well, I'm on my way to glory. To spend eternity with my creator. To spend eternity with my saviour. Listen, that brings a joy, that brings a hope, that brings an assurance that says, it doesn't matter what tomorrow throws at me, I am able to get through it with God. Amen? Not in my own strength, but in His. And listen, what the enemy thought he'd used for this man's demise, God has used for salvation. You know, so often the enemy thinks he's winning and he goes about his business doing all sorts of things. Yet God is like, yeah, yeah, pandemic, don't you worry. <laughs> Bring it on. And we are here, testimony to the fact that we're able to stand through whatever the enemy can throw at us. We say, Lord, we want you to show us. We want you to open our eyes. Lord, we want you to help us to have that resolve, to be steadfast in our belief, to know that you're in absolute control. Bartimaeus received his sight, he praised God, and he followed Jesus. He received his sight, he praised God, and he followed Jesus. Is that not a challenge? It is to me, but then I'm a Matthew 28 kind of guy. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel. 
I feel like I can't help but do that. That's what the Lord has made me to do. Yet when we look at Matthew 28, we see that it was all the disciples. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel to share the good news about Jesus Christ. Are we not disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we not followers? Are we not adherents to his word? My prayer is yes. My, my hope is that you say yes. That is exactly who I am. That is who we are. Well, then there is a responsibility for us as we receive our sight, as we know and understand who the Lord Jesus is, that we follow, that we praise God. And listen, that has an effect. You remember the crowd that told him to shut up? Do you remember them? Like Bartimaeus, be quiet, mate. He don't want to talk to you. No, he absolutely wants to talk to you. In fact, he's going to stop what he's doing to talk to you, Bartimaeus. Now, what actually happens when all the people, verse 43, when all the people saw it, saw what? That he received his sight, followed Jesus and started praising God. When all the people saw it, they continued to tell him to shut up. Oh no, sorry, I didn't say that. It's, it's not even on screen. I could have said anything. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. As we witness, as we tell people about what God has done for us, then people around about us will see Jesus too. When we declare who Jesus is, when we show people and help them to understand what God has done for people like you and me, that when people see that, they will get to see what Jesus has done for them. So let's continue with Resolve Church. Let's continue to love and to serve God. Let's continue to love and to serve his church, his people, to stand even in the storm and to declare who he is so that others might see too. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you once again for your word, Father, for its encouragement, Lord, for its blessing. And we pray, Lord, now as we worship together, Father, as we close, that you would just help us, Father, to, to just bring our praise and our adoration to you. Father, we thank you that you love us enough to have given your very best in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, today that if there's any that do not yet know you as Lord and Saviour, that, Father, that you might open their eyes. Father, they might see and they might accept you as Lord and Saviour of their life. Bless us now as we worship together, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.